Good day, everyone, and welcome to Karsmanski Podcast. I am your host, David Karsmanski, and this is your podcast if you want to stay updated with the car world. Today, I'll be taking you to Lunch Break Car News to see what's happened in the past 24 hours. You're obviously encouraged to check earlier episodes as they come out every workday uh, by 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So without further ado, let's get started. And we got quite a busy Wednesday afternoon today with a lot of news. And I want to start with perhaps the most exciting of them all. Someone told Forbes, an insider close to Honda, that the new Honda S2000 is coming in 2024. Now, of course, we've heard from Honda officials in 2017 and 18 saying that, first of all, the model will not make sense because Honda will not be able to make money on it. Perhaps it will be expensive enough um, not to be competitive with other models out there Uh, but that was in 2017 and then in 2018 uh, Honda executive said that it's not time yet so perhaps it's time to reconsider. The insider is saying that Honda is uh, considering the model and almost gave it green light so nothing has been officially approved and uh, even the insider is mentioning that The model is not yet even close to production. But there are some details. Uh, The car has a goal of being under 3,000 pounds, around 1,300 kilograms, uh, to kind of mimic the uh, earlier version that had only uh, 2,700 pounds. And the car is supposed to have the Civic Type R engine, the Turbo 4, uh, insanely good engine that's proven successful. However, for the S2000 Roadster, they would need to develop the rear-wheel drive architecture for it. If it is true, and in 2024 we will get it, it will be quite pricey and will come into the segment of the market that's not particularly popular. It uh, is not uh, luxurious enough to compete with the likes of Mercedes SL or even SLK or even Z4. But uh, the way they want to position it, a true enthusiast car with great performance and low weight. So perhaps uh, in 2024, we might see some sort of electrification to that turbocharged four-cylinder from the Type R. But again, nothing is confirmed and it's very likely that the model will not even make it. I'm personally looking forward to see if it does arrive. I would be a big fan of it if it does. Uh, But again, just have to wait and see. And speaking of another exciting small model out there, Mini has teased an electric version of the Cooper John Cooper Works. The Cooper JCW looks to get an electric version. It looks pretty exciting with the JCW styling and a little bit of a mishmash with the Mini SE electric. We first seen a glimpse of this model on November 2nd when BMW teased its iNext SUV and in there it featured a clip of car designers being hush-hush about the new JCW Electric, and now it's getting an official prototype. Mini has teased this electric prototype uh, in camouflage, but it's not hiding much. You obviously get a mix of styling between the regular Cooper JCW and the Cooper SE, and it's looking pretty hot. Besides, a lot of car journalists out there mentioned that the Mini makes a lot of sense as electric with the low center of gravity and the car being small, the range would not be an issue in particular in Europe, for example, where the car doesn't go great distances as maybe it does in North America. 
The regular Mini Cooper JCW has up to 300 horsepower, which is more than enough for such a small car with little weight. Uh, the electric version has a 184 horsepower, but once again, in an electric Mini, it's all about the handling and how the car feels. And if they're able to mix the SE and JCW, the car will be great. I personally like uh, Minis, they, uh, even though they're inexpensive and they're low budget cars, However, uh, they are handling extremely well, uh, even though the new models are becoming bigger and bigger, they still are able to maximize the space, offer a lot of visibility with a lot of glass around the car, and in electric form, it will make a lot of sense. And perhaps sticking with BMW Group offering here for a little bit, there are some news of the new i4. Specifically, um, there is news of its production date. It's expected to come into production in November 2021, which is about a year from now. And initially it will be available in two trims, i440 and i4M50. i440 will be the rear wheel drive variant, uh, which will still be pretty quick. Uh, judging from the nameplate because the regular 440 is pretty quick itself and that M50 will be an even sportier version with the M performance package coming from factory with bigger wheels and perhaps less range. There are also rumors of a cheaper model being available uh, perhaps being called i420 or i430 uh, judging from the BMW uh, way of classifying vehicles and that will probably come later. BMW is looking to take the more expensive model in the market first to show what's possible and then for those who are very excited for it but would like a less of a price, uh, they will be able to afford either i420 or i430. i4 is definitely an important car for BMW as they're looking to fight the competition in the Mercedes EQE and even the existing competition of uh, Tesla Model 3. Uh, it definitely will be competing with its own offerings, such as the 3 uh, sedan and the 4 coupe. Um, so we will see what, how it plays out for BMW. And let's chat about German competition a little bit. Yesterday I mentioned the luxury sedan DS9 coming from French automaker PSA. Now there is some news about it's another vehicle, the DS4, which will be a premium C-segment hatchback competing with the likes of Mercedes-Benz E-Class and Audi A3. As the case with a lot of DS's, it will have some premium styling, uh, great interior proportions, and both uh, regular naturally aspirated or turbo engines plus the plug-in hybrid powertrains. The focus in that car is on the premium design, the overall premium feel of the vehicle, and uh, perhaps some dynamics as well. The car is expected to have between 200 and 300 horsepower and will uh, be revealed in early 2021, perhaps with production starting later in 2021. All I can say is the more competition, the better. DS itself looks like a very stylish brand, uh, perhaps not as familiar in North America, being French and uh, developing its cars for the European market. But again, the more, the better. And now let's switch the gear a little bit into the supercars. The first one I would like to talk about is the new Pininfarina that was promised to be delivered this year, but has not completed it yet. Obviously this year has been a little bit of a write-off. Uh, and now Pininfarina Batista is planning to come out next year. Uh, they reported that they just completed their high-speed testing and everything's looking good. 
for the car to indeed arrive next year. As a reminder, Pininfarina Batista is fully electric. Uh, it's an electric supercar, or perhaps you can even call it hypercar, with a price tag of around $3 million. Um, the car is coming to pretty much all over the world, but only 150 examples will be produced. Uh, that's because the, the, the development is pretty expensive and it's pretty tough to make this car, uh, with it having four electric motors, making around 1,800 horsepower. And uh, Pinferina says that it can reach 0 to 200 kilometers per hour, 0 to 62 miles per hour in less than two seconds and a top speed of 218 miles an hour, which is 350 kilometers per hour with a range of 311 miles. So pretty decent range for such a performance oriented car. And uh, looks like the design's finalized, the details are finalized. Now it's just a matter of a few tests here and there. Uh, the car will come out next year, and if you ever spot one in wild, consider yourself lucky, because it is quite a rare car out there. But perhaps if you can't wait for that long, or if you want screaming gas power in your car, there is a launch edition of the new 2021 Audi R8 that comes in rear-wheel drive. So, of, of course, the car is not new, but for the US, it's pretty new to have the rear-wheel drive Audi R8, which uh, comes in the launch edition called Panther Black, uh, which is the color that the car will be getting. Uh, it's called the Panther Edition, limited to only 30 examples, and all of them will be coupes, so no roadster. Uh, even though it doesn't have the Quattro system, it will cost like one, being a little bit over $40,000 in premiums over the regular base uh, R8 rear-wheel drive car. Uh, at 183,000, you can get the Quattro model, but this model comes pretty loaded with a lot of features that are extras, but in this edition will be standard, like the premium sound system, uh, interesting uh, exclusive red accents on the interior and exterior pieces, uh, sport exhaust, and all of the other things. So the car is pretty capable and a good way to experience Audi. Uh, or even uh, get a taste of the Lamborghini Huracan, which is what this car is technically underneath. Uh, so if you have that $180,000, this is a car to get. It's exciting and looking good too. But if you're more into performance SUVs instead of supercars, there is a facelifted F-Pace SVR out there, uh, featuring the same V8 motor, but producing just a little bit more torque. So it still has 550 horsepower, um, but it now has 516 pound-feet of torque, which in improves its 0 to 60 miles per hour speed uh, and acceleration. The time it takes to do it is only 3.8 seconds, and the top speed is a little bit higher, 178 miles per hour. So you get extra 2 miles per hour in a facelifted model. But of course, you get a better design with the facelift, uh, a little bit improved on the exterior, and we're pretty well improved on the interior with the main feature being the new 11-inch infotainment display. Jaguar uh, is not disclosing its price for the updated SVR model, but uh, the current one goes for around 80,000, so expect maybe a couple thousand premium, so around 82, 83,000 before all the options that, of course, you will need in a car like this. If you're paying that much for this car, might as well get nice options that go with it.
And speaking of interesting options in SUVs or not, well, Rolls-Royce is getting a pretty interesting option out there. It's getting into portable lawn chair business. The lawn chair they've designed costs, of course, Rolls-Royce money, 8,700 bucks, uh, comes with a nice cover for transportation and folds into a umbrella looking stick, I guess. Uh, but then when it's in full form, they say it's the best seat for you out there in the wild. Uh, they call it the Rolls-Royce Pursuit Seat. It's of course customizable. The leather portion on top can be fully customized to have any shade you want and even can match your Rolls-Royce on an inside. Uh, features obviously the Rolls-Royce emblem on it and has everything Rolls-Royce. So they say it's the best quality materials available with much of the body being aluminum but there's also carbon fiber, obviously, for weight saving, because you don't want to be carrying that uh, chair for too long of a time. Uh, Rolls-Royce, it says it's the best seat out there for uh, you to fly a drone, perhaps, or paint and landscape, or pause to take a view, which is obviously what Rolls-Royce owners do quite a bit. And with the price, of course, of a Rolls-Royce, 8700 it looks like a nice addition to your Cullinan or Ghost. Perhaps with that last bit, I call it enough for the model updates. And let's get a little bit into the business and tech news. The first one I want to focus on is the new modular architecture developed by Hyundai that will come to its 23 distinct all-electric vehicles. So it's pretty significant for Hyundai. Uh, it's, a, it's an architecture called the eGMP and can be reconfigured to suit subcompact, compact, and mid-size cars and SUVs. So pretty significant segment that Hyundai is very present in. The first vehicle that this platform will appear on is the 2022 Hyundai Ioniq 5. Ioniq obviously being the electric brand that Hyundai created. And the same architecture will show up under Kia and Genesis electric cars, of course. The architecture will allow off up to 310 miles which is not as significant, surprisingly, for a brand new architecture, as there are companies out there even now pushing 400 and 500 mile um, mark. And uh, this uh, 310 mile in about five years probably won't be enough. So hopefully Hyundai has another architecture out there in the, world, in the works for the upscale models that will allow it for a little bit of more range. But again, the impressive part is the flexibility of this architecture. If it can fit 23 distinct uh, electric cars, then it is pretty impressive and looks like a solid investment for Hyundai. Next up, we have the new brand identity for Opel, the uh, German manufacturer that's uh, currently owned by uh, PSA. Uh, and this New York new design is pretty bright and pretty uh, strong out there. Uh, the new logo is in line with what the current manufacturers are doing, perhaps what you've seen with BMW, the logo being a bit skinnier and having less details. So this one, uh, while featuring bright yellow color, has a pretty uh, simple black logo, which is a simplified version of the current Opel logo uh, with Opel writing on the bottom. The brand is saying that they're confident, young-minded and inclusive and cool at the same time. They're bold, they are pure, and they're modern German. So it uh, looks like with that logo, Opel will be focusing more on electric vehicles and attracting younger customers as well, which it's is something that has been doing pretty successfully up until now. And sticking with electric cars out here, 
there was a question asked to Elon Musk whether Tesla will be interested in buying another uh, legacy car maker like Volkswagen or Toyota or any other out there, to which uh, Musk said that he would be open to it, but in a friendly way, not a hostile takeover, just perhaps a merger. Uh, personally, I think uh, it doesn't really make sense for Tesla to acquire uh, a legacy automaker. They are the ones that have broken the barriers in the car industry, introduced a fairly modern way of buying cars or uh, other uh, having other options as well and buying a legacy car maker that is proven successful but is uh, slowly dwindling down in terms of their sales why tesla is actually going up significantly is a questionable move and another um, aspect of it is the available cash that tesla has which is According to reports, is not much and definitely not enough to acquire such an automaker. So, with this sense, a merger would make sense. But in the future, I don't see it happening in anytime soon. And if the business talk is a little bit boring for you, perhaps let's spice it up with a little bit of a F1 news. Uh, yesterday, we've talked about the new addition to Haas team Nikita Mazepin and another news of Lewis Hamilton uh, getting the coronavirus disease and not being able to participate in this weekend's race uh, and great news George Russell has stepped up to uh, take Lewis's seat for this race which is extremely exciting as George has uh, been probably you can say complaining all this time that the car is not competitive and he really needs to show himself in a competitive car and what a better chance than this uh, where Mercedes doesn't really have anything to lose they're already the constructors championship uh, Hamilton is already a champion um, so that would be an interesting test for Russell to see if he can continue his qualifying streak of out qualifying, qualifying his teammate uh, so far he's unbeaten uh, and definitely proving himself uh, more capable over Latifi. Let's see if he can do it over Bottas. It will be difficult since the car will be new for him, uh, definitely more powerful and um, with different aerodynamic systems going on. So let's see how it works out for young George Russell. And uh, the driver that will replace him for Williams this weekend will be an F2 racer, Jack Aitken. And we mentioned the new addition to Haas team, Nikita Mazepin. There will be another edition, the Mick Schumacher, the another famous Schumacher will finally join Haas. He will uh, take the second seat. So Haas went for a little bit of a risky move with two drivers, but uh, in 2021, they definitely will have some practice before all the important changes in 2022. So congrats to Mick and all the best to him for the 2021 season. And that's finally it for today. Pretty busy episode, a lot of... Uh, things to uncover and a lot of opinions to throw around. Uh, thank you guys for enjoying the podcast and listening to it today. Uh, feel free to reach out to me over any social media, TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, and I'll be able to chat with you. Or if you maybe have any feedback or anything at all, car news, uh, things happening in the car world, I am extremely happy to chat with you guys. Again, thank you very much for your listen, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye.